It's August 6, 2010. I'm Mike Benedetti. This is Five Away, a show about Worcester. Also on the show with me today are... Jenny. Lisa. Christian. Cassandra. Julio. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. All right. All right. And we're, and we're going to talk to you guys about quarry reform. These are people from EPICA, which stands for... Oh, there's a sign up there. Ex-Prisoners and Prisoners Organizing for Community Advancement. That's right. This is a great day for you guys. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, great day. That's right. Also, we're going to talk about some non-Cory stuff during the show, but let's talk about the Cory stuff. So, Cory reform. What is Cory reform? What is this issue? Our issue is about the criminal offender record information system. Okay. We have just passed, had a bill passed and signed by the governor that has made this system better for everybody involved. And he signed it today. He signed it today, not just a few hours ago. You know, it was very exciting. We were there at the signing. You know, there were a lot of people there. A lot of our key supporters were there. The coalition that worked with us was there. And this is a really a great day. It feels like a miracle to me that this passed. Like, I feel like I've been hearing about this for years. I've been going to events every once in a while for years. People are always saying, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Just call your senator, it's going to happen, and it never happens, and now it's done. It took yeah. six long years to get here, you know, and people have been working on Cory for years before that, yeah. but for our efforts, it's been six years, and we've been hanging in there. Finally, our day arrived. So what's the, uh, what actually is the uh, legislation? What's been the reform? Um, a lot of things have been changed. Okay. Sailing times changed. Five years from felony, off of the felonies instead of 15, it's going to be time instead of 10 for a misdemeanor it'll be five there'll be no box on the application anymore so you go get a job um, so wait so so tell me tell me a couple or tell me and people who don't know too much about these two things so it's it in the past there was a box on an application there's a box on every application asking if you've been convicted of a crime you have to check yes or no okay. that box will now be removed off of the applications so when you go for a job you actually get an interview before they um, can run your record. Okay. And then they have to get your permission, which okay. gives you a chance to explain who, what you've done with yourself and prove to them that you've changed or you want to be protective in society. Okay. So they actually meet you face to face first. Okay. Basically, don't judge me from my past. Mm -hmm. Judge me of my merits and what I can do now for your company. Okay. And so the other thing then is this the thing with years. So how did this used to work? It was 15 years for a felony to be sealed and 10 years for a misdemeanor. Now it would be 10 years for a felony and five years for a misdemeanor. So if you did a misdemeanor and you've been clean for five years, now it's, it's going to be harder for them to, impossible for them to figure that out? Harder for them to know that? Well, you'd be able to seal it after five years instead okay. of a whole decade. Okay. Instead of 10. So if you commit a crime, when you're young, like 20, you don't have to be 30 before you can get it off. You could be 25. A lot of people grow up in those years, and it used to be 15 for the more the felonies. That's like 35 if you're 20. So now it's 30 years. You'd be 30 years old instead, which a lot of people grow up in 10 years. Yeah. In a misdemeanor, people will grow up in five years. They don't have to wait a whole decade. Yeah, that's what the, the argument, as I understand it, has been that if if you did something and you were in prison, but then you haven't reoffended for, say, five years for a misdemeanor, the chances of you reoffending after five years are very low. Those statistics were actually after seven years, I okay. believe. But okay. the, one of the key points on this that she's talking about is the ceiling clock. 
Okay. okay. The ceiling clock used to start, you've been sentenced, then you go on probation or on parole, and you couldn't start this clock until after that was over. Okay. Today, our bill now states that the moment you're sentenced, okay, or the moment you step out of jail, your clock starts ticking. Okay? okay. So the whole time has been shortened, the whole process has been shortened, you know. Okay. I mean, everything is just so, so doable now. You how know, long, I don't know much about the criminal justice system. How, how long are people usually on probation or parole after uh, they've been released? Is it, it like months, your, years? It can be years. I mean, it depends on the sentence. It depends on the crime. Okay. You know, you could be on probation for five years, you know. Could be on for life. You could be sentenced to five years and have five years probation. That could make your whole time come out to ten years, you right. know. And then if your ceiling didn't start till after all that was over, now you're looking at 20 years or waiting to even make a move, you know. Right. So all that's been changed, you know. Considering that people are changing and that they want a better life for themselves, you know. This is just a, a great victory. Usually, know? usually... You would think that you're placed on probation according to the crime that's committed. The truth of the matter is that you're placed on probation in accordance to your record. You know what I mean? And like these are some of the things that are changing now is like t today Deval Patrick Deval Patrick, he gave an impressive speech, as far as I'm concerned personally, and I'm sure we all agree. Right? And one of the things that he said, and, and it's real simple, is that everyone deserves a second chance. You know what I mean? And like he got a standing ovation and applause when he, when he made that statement. But like me personally, being involved with the criminal justice system in the state of Massachusetts, I know firsthand that you're not convicted according to the crime. It does play a part, but for the most part, you're convicted according to your past. And not only in the justice system, but when we go trying to really actually change our lives, it becomes that much more difficult when these doors, when we're honestly trying to get a job mm -hmm. to support ourselves and our family and to like do the things that are conducive towards that change, it's real difficult when you're told you can't get an apartment, affordable apartment, simply because you have a record you can't get a job because you have a record. And what she was explaining earlier was that checkbox on the applications, your job application, in the, in the front of the process, when you're filling out an application, as it was, the law as it was up until today. Yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> there was a little box and it said, have you ever been convicted of a felony or a crime, right? Mm -hmm. If so, check the box, yes, and explain. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, usually when a job employer would look at that box, now let's just say you had like a few applications and you have one here, and this person can very well have the talents and the qualifications mm -hmm. to do this job well, right? But there's two applicants here, and when they see this applicant has that box, I mean, it's going to be discarded most of the time, right? Right and they'll overlook the qualifications that that individual has simply because this person's been convicted of a crime or they checked yes in the box. Mm -hmm. And the same with housing. Because it's been checked, no matter how, how much you qualify for that apartment, right? No matter how much you've been striving 
to stay on this path of change, to do the right thing. It's like all the odds were against us up until today. Because now when I go and fill out an application, not only me, but any, what did he say? One third of Massachusetts? One in three adults yeah. in Mass have a criminal record. Really? Yes, because yeah. even if you're found not guilty, it still comes up on your record. But not after today. It, not after <laughs> today. And you know, that's a great thing for even the budget. You know, people that ain't gonna reoffend now because they can get a job, it's gonna save that money. $43,000 a year to house one inmate. That's a lot of money that could go to the homeless or whatever, you know, we need the mm -hmm. health, whatever, health care. So that's a lot of money just for one inmate. A lot of people won't reoffend if they can get a job. I'm going to change the subject to something completely different. We'll go back to Corey here in a second. Um, what do I want to change to talk about? I need, I need, I need oh, like I need, hold on just a second. I've got I to change the subject and talk about completely irrelevant stuff for a couple of minutes okay. because there's been some, some developments and stories that we've followed <coughs> on the show in the past. Uh, this week we found out that Pharmasphere, who have been supposed to be the first tenant in the Southwestern Industrial Complex, this is, this, this is like this vacant lot in a bunch of uh, empty buildings down off of Cambridge Street, mm -hmm. and for 16 years now they've been trying to put somebody in there. And for 16 years they've been saying, oh, it's going to happen, just 18 months from now it'll happen, and nothing's happened. And then a couple years ago they were trying to get the first section of it filled out, and two people said that they wanted to get, come move in there. One of them was the people across the street. They said, we'll buy it for $50,000 from the city. The other people were these people who wanted to do this uh, sort of industrial plant raising stuff. And they said, we'll give you a dollar, but we'll bring in more jobs. And of course, they didn't come in yet. Uh, but, this, but this week, we found out that they are interested, that they're going to license some of their technology to a company that's going to work with nonprofits in Rhode Island to grow medical marijuana. So there's some development with this company, some development with this company in uh, Providence or whatever. Nothing going on in Worcester. We got three weeks before all of their agreements with the city uh, expire, and then we start over square one trying to fill up this spot. Also on August 10th is the uh, pit bull hearing. People should come in and talk about what they think about the pit bulls to uh, the public. I think it's a public health and safety committee or something. Back to Cory reform. What were you going to say? I was going to just be going on. Like sometimes the, the employer can misinterpret or the housing can misinterpret like the um, the codes and that, and it, it's it's hard for us that are trying to get housing or, or or good good jobs in the future that they misinterpret that. So you know, curry reform is a great thing and it's signed into history. Yeah, I'm part of that history and I'm proud to be part of that history. And Epica has been great. I'm going to continue supporting them. Well, I want to ask you guys what your what's your history with this issue is. I know that people have been working on this, like I said, for years and years and years. What has been, do you guys know what Epica's history has been or what your personal histories have been? I would just like to add that oh. our executive director got together with some community members, about four community members, and they had a vision. They wanted to ask people what was really holding them back what was a big issue and why we can't move forward with your life after prison. Yeah. So they took on this endeavor with a vision to change things to help ex-prisoners and prisoners who were trying to move forward with their life. And Corey was a major, major obstacle and stumbling block. Corey was the right there at the center of everything, like Christian said couldn't obtain housing, couldn't obtain jobs without checking that box. There was just so much around that 
that they chose this to pick up and fight for. Yeah. And it's proven to be one long but victorious battle, and it proves that people can get together and work together for a cause and make change happen. You know, one of the things that I've learned through my affiliation and association and my work with Epica is that we as a people really do have power. Yes. We have the power within our community. Deval Patrick said that he today. He said that you know today, I mean? yes. Like, <laughs> we are the ones. It's, it's our government democracy is for the people and about the people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And Epica showed me through organizing that it is possible, you know, to make a difference and to have things changed. And like statistics show that if a person has a decent job and a nice place to live, that they will continue to live a productive life. Mm -hmm. Have something to live for. You know, yeah. something to look forward to every day, you know, that you are part of society again. You know, you've served your time. Some of us have reformed, you know, some of us have changed for the better. I know that I can be an asset anywhere I go. You know, I've had those same issues, couldn't get a job at Target, couldn't get a job at Walmart. I'm a medical secretary with, you know, training, 10 years of training behind my name. But that Corey, all I needed was a chance to get in, meet someone, have that initial interview, make it through halfway through that process, and I could sell myself. You know, mm. I can tell you that I'm a different person, that I'm, I would be an asset to work for your company. I believe in this Corey reform so much. I, I mean, it, it is a miracle. It is a miracle that people hear us, people get it. You know, the people in the State House, our legislators, that they were behind us, that they heard that there are people out there that deserve a second chance, you know? Mm. And they gave it to us. You know? yeah. We we fought for it. Yeah. They didn't give it to us, so we got it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things that really aren't described on paper behind a crime, behind an offense mm. that a person commits, is the actual things that led to the crime in the first place, right? Could have been poverty or any given reason, mm -hmm. any you know, reason for a person committing a crime. So, and I say that to say this: that when we go and a person is viewing a crime or crimes that we've committed in our past, mm -hmm. close-minded people normally, right, would judge us based on the things that we've done in the past, right? And when you sit down and talk with an individual, and, and I find this a lot dealing with myself and other people, right, is that when people look at my record, this, they formulate in their mind an opinion of a monster or this real bad person and they'd be afraid, right? But when you get to know me personally, on a personal level, even sitting down in an interview, and here's the problem that most of the time, nine times out of ten, I couldn't get to the stage of the interview. They're just judging you on a check Because of the box, right? I've been out of jail over five years. And I lied to get a job, and I was really good at it, working for selling, calling credit card customers for Bank of America, and the company closed. Now I can't even get a job because the box is so accessible now. Mm -hmm. If you don't check the box on a computer application, it won't send your application through. Instead of having nine years left now, I only have four more years with a record. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to help us. And people that want to change 
are going to work on change. It's going to make it easier. I mean, you figure, have, I, I got in trouble in 2002. It's already 2010. It's been eight years. And I would have nine left. I did my jail time. I did everything that I was supposed to do. So add those years up. It's going to cut it down greatly. Greatly. And then, you know, with most of the people that are in jail and are in trouble are certainly don't come out the same. Hmm. I know I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't, and I didn't want to reoffend, no matter what. Hmm. But then you got people that can't get a job, can't get housing. They're starving out there. So this is going to give us a chance, you know, because they're judging us for us. But a lot of people, a lot of people I know, were under the influence of alcohol or drugs or something, and that that's not even who they are as a person. That was the way the the, the drug or the alcohol made them be, and now their character don't even like the old person they were, but you have to get to that change, and people gotta look at that. Not everybody is gonna just keep reoffending and reoffending. I mean, we've been going to that state house day after day, our book was great, and fighting and fighting and walking around and telling people about our stories and our kids, and my personally, I was telling about my granddaughter who's disabled and blind and deaf. It's gonna make a lot of really good opportunities now that I'll be able to work again so I can buy things that she needs, you know, and our children. Yeah. So Africa is great and it's a place to, to start learning new skills as even so that you can be more productive in the community. So, I mean, mm -hmm. Epic is great along with the Corey. We don't want to forget where we started here. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then, um, for me personally, the Corey affected me a lot. Um, I didn't quite get it, but my story uh, comes from in the year 2008 that my Corey was abused, not intentionally, but undereducated that it was shown to me of what I'd done. I'd never been in prison, but I've done some pretty stupid things in my past. Hmm. But. Um, I decided to make a move to Honolulu okay. to start a new life for me and my children mm. and to find out the grass isn't greener on the other side. I ended up homeless in a shelter and many bad things happened out there. I fought for my life to come back. I thought to come back for my kids, but not just that, but for me to stand up for what's right, my quarry. And when I found Epica, it brought me love back to myself and my kids. And I just, my self-esteem, and I can't thank, I thank all of you, Cassandra, me who too. are you? Christian, Lisa, you know, <laughs> Delia, Steve O'Neill. I mean, I feel like crying because when I came through these doors six months ago, broken, that I lost my job. And knowing that I have Corey in trying to get a job and all I want to do is to provide for my children. Mm. You know, I'm a mother of five. I have a granddaughter. And I want to set that example that I have changed. I'm a woman, I'm a mother, I'm a human being. Don't discriminate against me because I used to teach human rights and discrimination to the disabled. And I found myself discriminated against because of my quarry. And I thank God 
finding all of you. <laughs> Epic is different than any other job, yeah. though, because we all feel like most jobs, I know me, I feel nervous. Like, oh my God, if they knew what I did before, they're going to think this or that of me. Oh my God, I was crazy when I was violent. Yeah. Here, you know, they understand, okay, when you, okay. if someone had a drink, too many drinks, and they got in trouble, that doesn't necessarily mean who you are. Or, or someone tells a story and they're saying, oh, well, I was partying. And they, we don't see each other like that. We see each other now, yeah. not the past people. Exactly. And if you go on another kind of job, it's instead of Epica, and you don't want even people to know that you've been in trouble. Like, oh my God, don't want them to know, you know, you're ashamed. You, you don't have to be like, yeah. You can be honest and everyone gives you encouragement that you can keep going and do better. I just, I just want to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break okay. and we'll follow up. Another one of these completely, here's some more relevant stuff. Um, a couple more things. Uh, uh, Jeff Barnard, who's a guy who writes on the internet in Worcester, former taxi driver, good friend of ours, been in the hospital the uh, last couple of days because he's been fighting with cancer. And he's out now, he's out now though, he's doing a little bit better. But uh, one guy uh, who watches the show, uh, Jack Stewart, emailed me and said, you know, if people want to do something like to, respect Jeff, like Jeff's been getting all these blood transfusions and stuff, they should go get blood in his name. So I'm going to do this. Other people should think about that. Good idea from Jack Stewart there. A lot of art stuff coming up this weekend. They have all the sculptures over in Allen Park. I don't know if you guys have gone past there. And they're doing this thing, art in the parking lot at the Sole Proprietor on Highland Street. They're going to have the big, a little art festival there on Sunday. This should be good. Um, see the jellyfish. Yeah, it's one of it? my favorite exhibits. The, so the ones hanging down on the tree? Yes. Those are pretty cool. Also over in that part of town, there's been this fight for years now over uh, whether or not this swampy tennis court is or is not part of the Montvale Historical District. I guess, and the city wants to make it part of the Montvale Historical District, which would prevent people who own the swampy area from doing anything with it, I guess. It's been so, it's been so, well, such an old story. I totally forget all the details. This week, a district court judge said, I don't know what the deal is with this, but I cannot do anything as a district court judge. So the city is going to probably make it a historical district. People are appealing. Who knows what? Um, all right, so we've got eight minutes left. I, 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 well, so here's, here's, let me ask you, let me, let me ask you the questions, and then you guys can ignore the questions or answer them or whatever you want to do. Um, I guess one uh, one additional question would be nice to talk about in the last eight minutes is what did people learn about the process? Because this has not been an easy issue, right? I mean, the, the, like people were always throwing around, oh, this could be soft on crime. If you're a politician and you support this, you could be seen as being soft on crime. So it's not an easy issue. But you guys and other people around the state like got these politicians to listen and got these politicians to act. You guys have <coughs> tried a ton of stuff. I was just curious to know, among other things you want to say in the last eight, now seven minutes, Talk a little bit about what's worked. Anyway. Can I just say that it's not soft on crime. I think it was smart on crime. The, the passing of this criminal offender record information reform has provided, Lisa mentioned it, not having to pay prisoners, pay for prisoners being in jail over and over and over again, giving people a chance to stand on their own two feet, to have a job, not live on the state, to get affordable housing, to have a life turned around, to give people hope. It's been a smart, smart bill, okay? I, I wanted to add that Epica has been so powerful in my life that we have membership meetings every other week. We are always looking for volunteers, people who feel passionate about something and want to make a difference, okay? We're located at 5 Pleasant Street in Worcester on the third floor. 
I suggest people come down and talk to us about their quarry, see if we can help seal records, because we do help do that. We have the forms here, and we're willing to help. Okay. In the meeting, in the all meetings, five to seven on Sundays, every other. Getting back to the, um, like, we was all saying here, like, I met these beautiful people through my association with Epica, right? Now, had I gone according to some mistakes that they might have made or I made in my life, I'd be prejudging them and denying myself an opportunity to see the beautifulness in these people. I've met their families, their children, you know what I mean? And, and, and I agree, everybody needs a second chance to stand on their own two feet. Say that. Um, Epica, I, I believe Epica is a major reason why I have not reoffended. And I mean that because mm -hmm. I stay busy doing positive things, trying to change the community that I live in, right? How everything affects something else, the ripple effect, right? And we encourage people to get involved. If you're sitting around and you're not doing anything, come down to Epica. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now with the politicians. Yeah, look well, yeah. at One of the things that I've learned through my <laughs> association with Epica is that a lot of times, our politicians will sit back in their offices, right? And they'll make decisions that are going to affect our lives, but because we're uninformed of what's really going on and we're not involved with the decision processes, right? That we see it on the, on the, on the end of it, where mm -hmm. it affects us in a negative way, right? They're mm -hmm. taking away housing or they're taking this away from us, right? But what I've learned through this process is that when we get together and we go down to the politicians and we say, listen, we like to have this change and a lot of times they won't listen to us until we come back with thousands of signatures. Now we become a threat to them mm. because now we're beginning to utilize our power by uniting the people. We gets people to register to vote, right? Because yeah. that's where our power is. And when we come back, now the politician that had his foot up on the desk and his hands behind his back or her, right, now they begin to listen. Yeah. And then things begin to happen. That's what I've learned to Africa and these politicians, that we as a people have the power. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, very, very important too, that what the governor said about the youth, you know, if, if us as uh, um, ex-offenders, if we don't have the opportunities for housing, jobs and that, what what are we gonna leave for our children, for the for the mm. kids, for the future? You know, so that's important. That was that was very well said of when he said that. It was great. I appreciated that a lot. Good point. Good. One of the biggest points that we that we learned through this process was that we can go to the state house and we educated a lot of people that are working for us. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that were working for us don't know what the people need sometimes. So we have to be able to go, whether we grow in a group of people or whether we go a few at a time, to let them know what issues we have, to let them know how they can help us, because they work for us, you know? We let them know, we educated them, and in the end, they got it. Like I said, they got what we were asking for, and now they all know what's going on. So this is the result, victory. We were told um, by Senator Chandler that Epica should go to the schools. It's time to go to the schools to educate the kids. Don't follow our footsteps because this is where it's going to lead you. Mm. Okay? It has happened in my, my family. 
and me and my daughter, she is an Epica mem member also. She's the, actually, she's the youngest member here. She's 18 years old. Mm. And we broke the cycle. We don't want it to continue within our family. Mm. And we're here to educate and welcome any school to come, you know, get a hold of Epica. We're here to come to your schools to, you know, educate the kids. Can we give our appreciation to Senator Chandler and Representative Elizabeth Malia? We'd like to thank them because they were our key supporters and they were with us all the way. And we'd like to give some acknowledgement to them and show our appreciation. Good deal. I wanted to ask you, we have about a minute left. The big question that everybody asked me when I told them I was going to get to talk to you guys is, all right, quarter reform, taken care of. Now what's Epica doing? What's next? We have research teams working right now right. to research several different options that we have. And we're going to try to find an issue that affects us all the same way Corey did. Mm -hmm. Something that we can all be passionate about and work on changing at a high level. So awesome. We're also going to try to add in outreach to the juveniles to get that message so they understand what a quarry is. Yes. So we're, we're working on that as well. Because the more they know about a quarry, the more I tell the kids, you know, my daughter's kids that are teenagers, what a quarry actually is, the, the more they're like, whoa, they don't realize when they're young that it's going to affect them for years later. And it's so, going to your permanent record. And I've spoken to many kids around my neighborhood that I live in the town of Webster, and they tell me, Jenny, you know, we can relate to people, people like you. We can't really relate to officials to a certain way. And that's what they need. They need people with life experiences. To I gotta teach interrupt them. you because we're out of time. Okay. This is, I love it when it shows jam packed like this. Thanks for being yeah. on, guys. Thank you. Thank Here we are, so Pleasant Steve. Street. Can we say hi to Steve? Say Steve hi to Steve. 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 Steve.